Good morning, everyone, and welcome back to WHIP Radio's Wake Up Call. I'm your host, Corey Parker, here with the one and only Rachel Abelard. How are we feeling? We're feeling great. It's a good day. I love that. It's a good week. It's a good month. It's a good semester, okay? All week, I've been riding on a high. I've got energy. I'm ready to go. How, how about you? How are you? I'm good. I'm good. It's Wednesday. I was really tired this morning. I'm not going to lie to you, Rachel. I was very, very tired this morning. But, but, I'm ready for a good day. Let's do it. I'm ready for a good day. Let's do it. So what's the weather? Okay, so right now, guys, it's really not that bad. I, I like it, okay? So it's cloudy all day today with a high of 43 and a low of 34. So again, sweater weather, okay? Get your little light sweaters on. Get your light jackets on. I'm sweating bullets in this studio as of right now, so... The minute I go back outside, I'm taking my jacket off. But, um, yeah. It's always extremely hot in this room. I remember one day I was preparing, and I was dressing for the weather outside, not for the temperature in here. Mm-hmm. And so I was freezing. I mean, burning up. I was burning up. I was like, what in the world? I was so livid. I was so livid. I was sweating like Mad Hatter. And then we have the audacity to come into the studio and dance every single day. We really do. Like, dance. Like, it's really so muggy in here. I, I don't, I can't. Uh, anyway, guys, so on to club and event announcements, okay? The Office of Sustainability has their general body nice. meeting um, in I don't. I've never been in this building, so I don't know how to pronounce it. Gladfelter. Oh, Gladfelter. Gladfelter. Really? Um, in the Gladfelter room, seven forty-eight at four p.m. Okay, guys. So I repeat, the Office of Sustainability. They're having their general body meeting in the Gladfelter room, seven forty-eight at four p.m. today. So if you want to be part of that, if you want to get involved with your school, I highly encourage you go there. Okay. All right. You got the next one, Corey. Yes. Let's get into it. So. Now let's get into some temple news. Are y'all ready? Are you ready, Rachel? I think I am. There's so much going on. So first things first, we actually have happy news for the first time. <laughs> and I feel like these t- like pieces of temple news have been so depressing. Yeah, especially especially Monday, man. Monday, was like people Monday? were dropping like flies. We're talking about people getting shot. We're I forget what yeah. it was, but it was depressing. It was depressing. Yeah. So we're on a high now as we enter hump day. Did your family ever say that growing up? It's hump day, no? No, it was just the commercials, you know? But my family never, like, hopped on that wave. They're really behind with most things, so. Come on, Rachel's family. What are we doing? What are we doing? No, we would always go around saying, hump day. And we're like, there was an ad that would be like, brush. Yo. Teeth. What ad was brush? Yo. Teeth. I don't, it was a brush of teeth healthy teeth like crest or something like i don't know my okay. grandpa would always sing it with me oh my goodness okay. i mean we'd sing it all the time do you remember the commercial head on apply directly to your forehead or like what um, or do you know <laughs> what's <laughs> head on like collision no it's like this migraine stick and it was like head on apply directly to your forehead head on apply directly to your forehead constantly constantly and then at the end no. it was like head on apply directly to your forehead and that was the commercial those are the things that stay in my mind like nine times out of ten. No, I've never. Heard well, of, what's we, you, yeah, I've never heard of that before <laughs> in my life. Actually, never heard of that. Right. What's but, your like best Siri voice? Make a left on Gladfelter Road. <laughs> Gladfelter. That's that's my Siri voice. 
No, because Gladfilter Road, I don't think that's even a road. No, not at all. It's Gladfilter Hall. Yeah, yeah. How about your best, like, commercial? Have you, okay, have you seen those commercial, not commercial, but, like, those voice things on TikTok where you have to try to act sad, act happy, act yes, angry? I do that okay, alone in your, my room. Okay, so now I think you're going to have to do it live on the radio. Okay, after we do Temple News. <laughs> Is this your way of trying to get us to not do this, right? Yep. Okay, so Temple Libraries are no! looking into AI to better understand the use of AI in education. Now, this is very interesting because a lot of students are using AI to kind of up their, uh, you know, their homework game, kind of just up their knowledge and, and even, even to edit papers and whatnot. So it's really interesting that um, Temple is taking the opportunity to kind of incorporate this in what's available to students i think that's really cool for sure and i feel like siri is kind of another version of ai right uh, uh, actually it's not considered ai actually there's um it's a chat bot i was trying to get you to do the and you're not doing it so guys <laughs> on to the next bit of news um temple men's basketball they have their special assistant all right carmen winter made history when he was playing on the court and now he's coaching with adam fisher who's been his mentor that's pretty epic i love that for him and he actually okay i was looking him up and it doesn't look like he played at temple he didn't play at temple but he really admired adam fisher that yeah adam fisher so the fact that he's able to work with him i think is absolutely amazing that's like the pure definition of in your bag and like i want you guys to all envision this right now you're going to work, you're going to school, you have your backpack, your briefcase, your something. And you know how you always have a folder or paper in your bag, Rachel? <laughs> that's that's Cam, Rin, Winter. He's okay. in that He's in bag. bag. Okay. He's in that bag. Okay. <laughs> My roommate and I have been doing that this entire week. And we've just saying we're just saying, you see that bag right there? We're in it. Like <laughs> Cameron is in his bag. We got to see if that's going to catch on because Corey insists on this saying. She insists on it. No, it's a great (laughs) saying. Like, you're really in your thriving era. He's in the Michael Kors bag even. Right. It's not some, like, five below bag. He's really in his Michael Kors bag. Right. So, Carmen, congrats to you. Kudos to you. Um, You know, you're doing big things. You're doing big things. Right. Um, so on to Philadelphia news. Yes. I'm so excited for this one. You can handle I'm that. I'm so excited for this one. Because listen, guys, we've talked about traffic and bad drivers before. But it seems like Philadelphia has been ranked the eighth worst in the United States for traffic. What are your thoughts? We got re-ranked. For worst traffic, not driving. Oh, oh yes, true. Okay. Um, this is true. I struggle to get to class. I'm 20 minutes late to class almost every single day like dude and it, uh, it, it's probably my fault i was gonna right? say leave 20 minutes earlier Rachel. okay okay that's cute but Corey, if i leave on time in theory i should get to class on time i don't want to have to deal with a random like burst of traffic in the middle of a street that i didn't expect on a on 8 a.m on a tuesday like I, I i can't i can't it's my fault that i'm late yes but if we didn't have traffic i'd never, be fine never on time <laughs> come on rachel <laughs> i'd be fine abelard no, but I would agree. I feel like, actually, I don't know if I would agree. I think there's not bad traffic. It's just the lights. Girl, you don't drive around here. You don't know, I bro. take lifts and Ubers all the time because I refuse to hop on that train. Okay, yeah. So, like, I experienced just driving here, like, in Philly. And the only time it's really bad for me is at around, like, 4 p.m. 
Oh, yeah, you're getting nowhere fast. Yeah, like to get to the train station, instead of it taking 10 minutes, it takes about 30. Yeah. But that's rush hour, and that's anywhere. Yes. So yes. I feel like, are we talking about rush hour traffic or just no. general traffic? Traffic is still bad here. Traffic is still bad here most hours of the day. Some days I can breeze through, but for the most part, especially when you consider highways and da 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 we're kind of lucky, right? We're not too far from campus, but right. I know a lot of people get stuck for way too long on streets that they don't have to be stuck on because structurally, Philadelphia is built for a lot less people than what we actually have today. Interesting. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, so guys, next in Philly News, um, Corey, you can get into this one. I want to hear about this one. Okay. So apparently people have been thinking that the SEPTA line for market in Frankfurt Frankfurt train derailed. People were thinking that it derailed. However, SEPTA has made it clear that there was no derailing in this situation, but rather there was just a mechanical issue. SEPTA is a mess. Hence why I don't write it. Yo. SEPTA, get it together. Like, I know funding has been slashed, um, and I know you guys are talking about slashing it even more, but please right. don't. Like, your city needs you, um, and you got to be on your P's and Q's. Please. <laughs> like, actually. Like, get it together. No, I don't like riding the SEPTA. I literally have become an Uber and Lyft fanatic solely because of it. Literally, we're going to Kava. We could take the train and then walk a few blocks, but no, we'll get an Uber or a Lyft and take us right there. Yeah. And they've become so bougie. I can tell them I want it to be cold or hot in the car. I can get them to get my luggage if I don't want to carry it. Like, hello? What did what did <laughs> Chloe better. say? Treat me like you do I don't know that song. But yes, <sighs> I, I agree. <laughs> I agree. Much better. Um, A much better experience than SEPTA. But also, we want to support the city, okay? And in order to support the city, public transportation and investing in that will help. Because then your citizens will spend more money on public transportation. Oh. Who knew? Oh, a plus B <laughs> equals C. Um, uh, but I do know it's hard. It's not. It's really not easy to run a local government. So It's not. That is all for Philadelphia News. And that's it for Temple and Club announcements as well. Now, guys, it's time for a quick music break. Our boy Nods actually just released a new song called Can't Let You Go. So we're going to be playing that song for you guys today, as well as some R&B Will. His music, um, he just just dropped a new album, album, which is insane. So we're going to play that, too, for you guys. But don't leave us just yet, because up next, folks, we have segment two, where we're going to be diving in to some real news, followed by some entertainment news. So, folks, we will be back right after this break. Welcome back, everyone, to WHIP Radio's Wake Up Call. I'm your host, Corey Parker, here with the one and only Rachel Abelard. Hey. Oh, that's all I got to say. <laughs> Period. <laughs> anyway, anyway, it's time for segment two, where we're going to dive into some real news. And I'm super excited for this one. Actually, I shouldn't be excited for this one. I'm excited to talk about it. It's sad that it's happening. But like I said, I'm excited to talk about it. So are you ready to get into it? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, so basically, according to USA Today, hate crimes at various colleges and just schools in general are currently on the rise. Specifically, elementary and secondary school hate crimes have increased expeditiously. Um, and to the point where they're actually saying it's more in elementary and secondary schools than it is in colleges, which is absolutely ridiculous. Some other facts and things to know about this whole situation is, according to the Department of Justice, quote, in 2018, 700 
which is about 8.2% of the total 8,492 reported hate crime offenses occurred at school locations. This proportion increased to 10% in 2019, then decreased to 3.9% in 2020. And this drop, many think, was related to the pandemic, of course, so no one was really outside. They were at home and following those school orders as well. Um, But then in 2021, 7.2% of reported hate crime offenses occurred at school locations. And then in 2022, 10% of the total 13,346 reported hate crime offenses occurred at school locations. So we've seen it definitely an influx um, and also a decrease at times, but during vulnerable times when people weren't even outside. So it makes sense. But any time we have actually been outside, been in the schools, there's been a large amount of just hate crimes happening. Um, Apparently, the most common month for the occurrence of hate crimes reported during the entire five-year period of 2018 to 2022 was in October. Um, From 2018 through 2022, the most common bias type of required hate crime offenses at schools was anti-black or anti-African American, with 1,690 reported hate crime offenses involving this bias type. Um, there's also been anti-Jewish ones, which there were 745 offenses, um, anti-lesbian, gay, bisexual, or transgender. So just that whole group in general with 342 offenses. Um, so there's just been so many hate crimes happening across the country, um, especially related to these minority group of peoples, which is just so awful. And also just to provide you guys with a definition of hate crime, according to the Justice Department, a hate crime is defined as, quote, a crime motivated by bias against race, color, religion, national origin, sexual orientation, gender, gender identity, or disability. So, Rachel, this is really heavy. This is a really deep topic. It's sad that it's happening. But I guess to start off, have you ever experienced as a black female um, any hate crimes in your life? Um, I've experienced uh, more microaggressions than explicit hate crimes. Um, I've never been outwardly attacked, whether it be verbally or physically or being um, black, a woman, or queer. But I I have experienced so many people just, again, microaggressions, saying the slickest things at the slickest times to put me down, whether or not they're even conscious of it. It's right. just, you know what I mean? And to be a, a minority, like, fourfold, <laughs> it's, it's tiring. Um, but, you know, you just learn to step it up. Um, I, I try not to be a victim. I, you know, there was a point where I was so, so fed up with it. I was attacking everyone around me for it. Um, But these days I just tried to better myself and, you know, try to keep my head on straight because, girl, what am I, what what else am I supposed to do? You know what I mean? Um, But, you know, I want to know, Corey, what, what, what what are your experiences as a black woman? Like, have you, you know, been through any kind of, I don't know, outward aggression or anything like that? I really have not, that I can remember at least, think of a time where I've experienced hate crimes. And I'm blessed to say that because I know a lot of black people in general, a lot of black women have experienced it. But I'm fortunate enough to say I've never experienced a hate crime. Um, I'm trying to think. No, I don't. 
I don't think so. I really don't think so. And I think, yeah, no, I really haven't. And like I said, I'm fortunate because that's rare, I feel like. Yeah. And and that's to say, whatever, whoever is listening and whoever's trying to confirm whatever biases they might have, just because Corey and I haven't explicitly dealt with it, uh, you know, firsthand, it doesn't mean it doesn't exist. It doesn't mean it doesn't exist, okay? Like, please, let's let's not pretend, oh, it's 2024, so it doesn't happen. It still happens to this day. And here's an example, right? So according to the Department of Justice, um, literally, (laughs) this week has been crazy in terms of hate crimes. And we're not always going to hear about it on the news because not all of it reaches every every news outlet that we consume. But um, let's go back. So January 30th. Yesterday, an Ohio man was sentenced to 18 years in prison for firebombing a church that planned to host drag show events. So, again, this was yesterday. Okay, Um, And this goes to show this is one of the larger hate crimes, um, as Corey mentioned previously, those in the queer community. Okay, And a lot of churches are actually under fire for hosting drag shows, but they're doing that to kind of present to the community that they are accepting um but look it's putting people's lives at risk right people are so fed up that they are willing to firebomb um the church okay so that was just yesterday now two days ago january 29th there was another issue where let's see give me a hot second a massachusetts man was arrested for threatening a local synagogue he allegedly threatened to kill members of the jewish community and bomb places of worship Another one. And this is happening during a time where tensions are pretty high with, um, you know, those who are in the Jewish community and those who aren't. Right. So, boom, that just happened on Monday. Okay, people wake up on Mondays ready to commit crimes. Isn't that crazy? It is crazy. Dude, dude. Something else. What what happened? No, no, no. Uh, Something else that happened on Monday. And this is the last thing that I'm going to mention, because, guys, if I start popping off, I'm going to go off for for 30 minutes. Okay, Um, a Northridge man pleaded guilty to the federal stalking charge and admits to threatening a mass shooting of synagogues. So, again, another one. And this was since Monday. We have three huge hate crimes that put people's lives at risk. And there's even another one. Another one. Yeah. Um, The Jackie Robinson statue um, was stolen from the Youth League field in a city in Kansas, and they threw it out and burned it and burned it to pieces. Like, dude. I think people are just on a path to just eliminate minority groups and in my head my question always is what did we do to you people are afraid of what they don't know right and like we're we really truly are even me i'm afraid of the things that i don't know i'm afraid of the dark i'm afraid of you know things that look slightly weird like we you know we all have our own biases the plan is to um have some kind of self-awareness and address that that's that's the bare minimum that's the bare minimum Educate yourself, go on some Google, watch a YouTube video, anything, read a book, okay, and educate yourself and address your own biases because just because you have black friends and just because you have Jewish friends and I, 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 oh, my aunt's gay, whatever it is, it doesn't mean (laughs) you don't perpetuate the same things that uh, harm these individuals every single day. And also, those of you who are silent, you're part of the problem. You're part of the problem just because you have black friends. It doesn't mean your aunts and uncles and, and, and cousins and da da, da 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 are okay with that. You need to talk to them about that stuff. That's not my job. That's not Corey's job. Okay? But I have a question for you. Saying that, what would you advise someone whose family is completely, like, 
against their beliefs to the point. Because I know in the past, like, I've had friends or just have known people that completely support a cause, but their family may not. To the point where if they were to speak out on it, they may be looked down upon from their family. So what advice would you give to someone that might be in that place where they have strong views that are completely opposite of their families? Because I definitely do see that being a struggle that we experience these days, especially with, I would say, our generation and millennials, that we're so passionate about things. We, I think, are very different than previous generations. We actually care about so many things. Groups of people that may have not cared about a certain situation in the past care about it now. Like, let's be honest here. Back in the day, black people weren't getting much support from anybody but ourselves. These days, there's a lot of white people, a lot of other minorities supporting us, but that's because we're where we've been able to be educated. We're in more diverse environments, but their parents, their grandparents may be like, no, I hate black people. You know what I'm saying? So what advice would you give to those type of people that are maybe staying silent because their family is so against them and their beliefs that they would be looked down on? Well, silence is violence, no matter how you spin it. I think you don't have to, you know, I understand, especially with family, you got to be kind of sensitive with how to approach topics, right? Um, So I'm not going to sit here and be like, just say what you got to say, like nothing like that. Um, But have the conversations, have the conversations at least bring the conversation into the home. Okay. Um, My, there are parts of my family that are Catholic, homophobic, all that good stuff. Um, But at the very least, I'm able to, you know, have conversations about what's right and what's wrong. You know, attacking these groups is wrong. Saying, oh, oh, he looks gay in a negative way with a negative tone, that is wrong. So just teaching them those things bit by bit, they're probably not going to grasp it entirely. They're probably going to disagree with you. They're probably going to this, they're going to that. But your job is to educate. Right. Because at the end of the day, they don't know. They, it's either they don't have exposure, it's either they weren't educated enough formally or, you know, they didn't educate themselves. Just speak to them. Have that conversation. Right. Not that they will meet you where you are. And that's not always going to happen. I, 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 I'm trying to come to terms with that. Right. <laughs> I still haven't. Not everyone's going to agree with me. Um, but at the very least, having the conversation is better than just staying silent. And what do you think, aside from just having family members or friends that think differently than you what are other reasons why you think people are just what's the word I'm looking for like just so just mad at the world you know what I'm saying like why are people just mad and just hate it feeling the need to hate on the world when people haven't done anything you know what I'm saying like what do you think is the root cause of this hate we need someone to blame we need someone to blame for our own failures, our own shortcomings. We need someone to blame for the crimes that are happening in this country. We need, we always need to point a finger at somebody. Right. Mix that with the fact that we're afraid. Mix that with the world that we've all kind of grew up in where systemically we're messed up. System, like, we operate on oppression. We cannot operate without oppression. Like, at its most basic, capitalism requires a group to be oppressed for the other group to be rich for the other group to make money you and i function off of oppression i have this laptop because someone was oppressed like period point blank that's that's you know that's of course that's putting it simply watering it down for the sake of time right but you know it's that's essentially you know that's my thought process about it all that's why people hate continue to hate and are comfortable with that no i mean i agree i definitely think that people feel they need to do it because they need to feel 
like better than other people. Not, yeah, you're I right. think people just feel the pride. It's pride. <laughs> it's pride. Like I agree with you, but I also think it's just pride. Like people feel the need to always be better than somebody else, and especially with the past um, of how these minority groups were treated. I feel like people just feel the need to keep it going. And right. because they were hated on before, we can keep hating on them now. Because you notice it's never really been reversed. It's yeah. never reversed. Yeah. But it's because they've never been hated on. They've never experienced this. I think people just feel it's better and easier to just continue hating on a hated group than it is to completely flip. Unlearn that. And unlearn it and hate yeah. on another group. Right. Unlearning is hard. Unlearning is very hard, especially when you're growing up in a place where your family and all the people you surround yourself with believe one a one-sided mindset you're only going to believe that which is why i also think it's our job as millennials gen zers to really start understanding i think we're already doing a great job at this so we can prepare the next generation of kids to have some you know sympathy for people treat people with respect not do stuff like this tearing down people and their identity not just just being nice just being good people like we don't need this bad energy we don't need this bad these bad things happening because no one deserves this. No one deserves this because if the roles were reversed, you wouldn't want this. Now, would you? Right. No, you wouldn't. Right. Um, so, you know, a mix of family, the political climate, technological advances, media perpetuating stereotypes and systemic flaws. Those things all contribute to the world we live in today. Right. Um, but, you know, guys, just learn some self-awareness. That's kind of the takeaway from this. Learn some self-awareness. Right. These things are still happening, okay? Even though now you see more queers on your television, even though now, you know, um, you, you can involve Jewish people in your conversations today and all this good stuff, it doesn't mean that crimes aren't happening um, to these, um, you know, groups. Right. So uh, just to wrap this up, I mean, Corey, do you have any last thoughts? No, I would just say, like Rachel said, be self-aware, educate yourself. Um, if you're passionate about something, don't let anyone take away your passion. I think so many people feel like they have to be silenced because they're passionate about something. But no, like, if you're passionate about something, stay passionate. If you're passionate about a job, you're going to work for it. So if you're passionate about a cause, you got to work for it too. Exactly. And you can have healthy debates. Hello. You know, I've, we do it on here all the yeah, time. You, right. You can have healthy debates even if someone believes in something that's absolutely repulsive that you don't agree with. I think you can still have a conversation without having it blow up. Um, I'm the type to blow up, but I'm giving advice that I need to take. So that's... Yeah. I feel like that's the hardest part is hardest staying, part. even when you're passionate about something, not necessarily coming across as passionate as you are so you can have a civil conversation. Yeah, because conversations aren't going to go through if you're not going to tr- try. Right. You know what I mean? Like, you know, it's 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 vicious. It is. <laughs> but, guys, up next, we're going to talk about some entertainment news, a lot more um, lighter stuff. And Please. after that, we're going to interview our special guest for Rep Your City Week. Yes, and let's listen to some R&B Will's new song, Butter Pecan. Let's get it. Let's do it. Welcome, 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 welcome back. That was R&B Wills, The Rain, and Butter Pecan. R&B Wills really in his bag. He is so fun. Him and Nasir, they're both so fun. Y'all are great. I love you guys. (laughs) Y'all are amazing. Y'all's music is perfection. Right, right. Chef's kiss. And again, I say this every time. It's so easy to forget that there are a lot of smaller artists that are genuinely so talented. So talented. So diverse. And Nas's song, Can't Let You Go, that 
can't let you go and butter pecan on my new songs on replay. Right. Like, like first of butter all, butter pecan. Right. Like, okay, R and B will. And like, oh look at gosh. the picture. Right. He's smooth. He's, he's eating. Smooth. He's right. eating in the stew. <laughs> <laughs> right, right right oh man but it's time for segment three y'all it's time to get into some entertainment news some lighthearted news i'm ready for this because that news before this was really heavy really heavy but also this is not even that lighthearted. this is just relatively more lighthearted than <laughs> what we just spoke about so it's been a week guys it's been a week <laughs> um, but i don't know if you guys have heard but there's this whole trend going around called legging legs Corey, can you define that for us so legging legs is this new trend on TikTok, and it's basically saying, according to one user, she said this trend says, quote, if you have leggings and you wear leggings, your legs have to look a certain way in them. Um, and people have really been feeding into this new trend with one user saying, quote, I've been crying for the past four hours because I don't have legging legs. So basically, people are just saying that this trend is encouraging eating disorders and poor body confidence because people no longer feel confident wearing leggings and i don't know about you rachel but i wear leggings 24 7 25 8 like all the time so and i know a bunch of other girls do the same thing so to know that people are now feeling self-conscious about wearing leggings because oh my gosh i don't have legging legs like come on now legging legs is a real crazy way to say thigh gap I remember, oh, is that what it is? That's a, that's straight up what it is. It's when you have like a square, and I'm reading this from someone on TikTok, okay? This is how they define it. When you have a square thigh gap in your leggings. Now, Jeez. first of all, I remember back in like 2012, there was this whole thing about having thigh gaps and eliminating your hip dips and da 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 And then... Going into like 20, I guess 16-ish, we started getting into body positivity. No one likes thigh gaps anymore. It's only about big butts, big thighs. Da, 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 da. Now we are circling. It's We're coming full circle, for real. We're coming full circle and seeing that thigh gaps are, are, are making a comeback. Right. And it's gross. It, it, thigh gaps aren't gross the lol right because i don't know if you know Corey, but thigh gaps are a genetic thing like i think i have i don't have thigh gaps i I, don't think i don't know i i know i don't and i know even at my skinniest i didn't how do you even test if you have them so when your legs are closed your upper thighs are not touching so you're not you're supposed according to the standards you're supposed to have you're supposed to have a thigh gap please if you listen (laughs) if you don't have a thigh gap that's called thick thighs. And you know what they say about thick thighs? Thick thighs save lives, man. Exactly. So embrace your non-existent thigh gaps. Hello. Right. But also, again, guys, thigh gaps are genetic. It's like having dimples. You cannot just naturally have a... Uh, well, some people naturally don't have dimples. And that is okay. Did some you, people... <laughs> you know what I mean? If you want to create dimples, go ahead. That. Well, you try to yeah, make you dimples. smile. Dude, like, if if you don't have dimples, you don't have dimples. And that's totally fine. If you don't have thigh gaps, you don't have thigh gaps. That's totally fine. If you do have a thigh gap, good for you. That's totally fine. That doesn't mean necessarily that you're underweight and da 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 Like, we really need to understand that a lot goes into the way our bodies are shaped today. It really does. Really? Yeah. I mean, and, like, leggings are too comfortable to stop wearing solely because people made this trend. <laughs> right. Like, respectfully, for all of our non-legging legs girlies because i don't think i'm one of them in this case like let's bond let's create uh 
uh, union. Let's come together and unite on the fact that it's okay to not have legging legs. Like I said, and like Rachel said, we don't have legging legs. And trust me, I know many people that don't have legging legs. And many people that, not even many, but some people that do have legging legs. But I think we just need to remove the title altogether. Because leggings are such a staple piece of clothing and so many girls' clothings that no one's going to get rid of them or should get rid of them solely because of this trend. Like, no. Right. No. I'm afraid because with the resurgence of Y2K, right, and how kind of fashion and and trends and all of that have a 20-year lifespan, a 20-year cycle, um, you know, the early thousands, people were really into just super skinny, skinny, skinny girls. You know what I mean? Like, girls like sickly looking people um and Mm -hmm. you know i i'm eating disorders have never gone away but in the early thousands it was at an all-time high um we didn't celebrate thicker bodies we didn't celebrate bigger people at all there were people that were like like 140 pounds and they would be like plus size model it's like dude (laughs) 140 is average it's an average athletic fit uh um size 140 (laughs) Please. That's light work. Like, dude. Right. <laughs> That's light. I'm over that. <laughs> well over that. Um, But, yeah, we can always aspire to fix our bodies. We can always I, – I don't care if people get, you know, surgeries done or if they want to hit the gym because they feel a certain way about their bodies, whatever. Whatever builds confidence. But let's not talk down on others. Let's not please. gatekeep leggings, please. Please, because I'm not stopping. I'm still <laughs> going to wear them, whether you like it or not, friends. Right. I'm wearing them, and guys, guess what? I don't have legging legs, so right. let's wear them together. Right. But listen, up next, Jennifer Garner um, was in the news recently solely because of her new comfy uniform. Um, and it was a super, super simple outfit that people said you could purchase for literally $39. <laughs> Which is extremely cheap. Um, But the question here is, what are your thoughts on celebrities just being normal? Being normal in in what way, right? Because there are those celebrities that try to act normal. Um, Like, my only example is like Jennifer Lawrence. And then there are... Jennifer Lawrence. um, Katniss. Jennifer Lawrence. Katniss Everdeen. Jennifer Lawrence. You know who I'm talking about, Corey, right? Corey Parker, Jennifer Lawrence, Katniss from Hunger Games. I never watched Hunger Games. But you know that you saw the posters. Oh, I know who this is. Yeah. <laughs> my I didn't, heart I was beating out face. my chest. I had to see her face. <laughs> um, but yeah, she had this whole thing where she's like, I'm relatable. Like, oh my God, I just Please. want a piece of pizza on the red carpet. Like, you know, stuff like that. Um, that's a joke. <laughs> right. But that's, that's her attempt to kind of be relatable and be normal. That's so funny. it's like... When you're talking about normal, what kind of celebrity are you? Just like, I think a lot of the time when we think of celebrities, we think Balenciagas, red bottoms only, living in this mega mansion, mega mouse, mega mansion, mega house, Um, you know, personal chef, um, personal driver, you know? So when, and then their outfits, like they're going to wear basic t-shirts from Aritzia. And you know how much Aritzia costs for like a basic t-shirt? I don't. It's like $100. I went there with my friend. She picked out this white shirt. I was like, girl, I checked that price tag. It was like $90. If you don't go to Walmart. Hello. (laughs) Because what? $90 for a basic white t-shirt is ridiculous. 
crazy. I mean, I do know, like, sometimes the quality definitely, like Uniqlo, they make the clothing that kind of, like, self-regulates the temperature. That's cute. That's a thing? Yeah. Like I've heard of Uniqlo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, ooh, they're pricey. They're probably, like, not $100 for a white t-shirt, too. Really? Yeah, yeah, real bad. Um, okay, so relatable celebrities, normal celebrities. I'd say Lin-Manuel Miranda. Okay. Right? Um, he's popping. Like, okay, after writing something like Hamilton and then being involved with Moana and being involved with pretty much every single mu- musical, after that, um, he got money. He was in Moana? He he made the music for Moana. And he voiced... He did? Yeah. No way. Girl, yeah. And he also did for um, Encanto. Like, he's booked oh, so he's and busy. In yeah, he's, he's, he's in his duffel. So yeah. um, he's booked and busy, but he has interviews... And he seems like just a guy next door. And then you see him in paparazzi pictures, and he's just wearing the most basic, borderline ugly outfit. Please. You know what I mean? Like, he is such a normal person. I can see myself grabbing a cup of coffee with him. How about Adam Sandler? I was on Instagram, and they were showing me all of the celebrities' houses. When I tell you his house was the epitome of normal, <laughs> I mean, the epitome of White picket fence. I mean, hold on. Let me see if I can find it. Adam. I can't stand him, bro. Really? Something about him ruffles my feathers. He's very unfunny. Not funny. I hate the way he dresses. That's his house. Oh, his house is so normal. It's ugly. (laughs) Rachel! His house is so normal. I'm grossed out, dude. No, like, but that's the epitome, I would say. Of a normal house. Yeah. And he just dresses normal. But sometimes it's like almost disappointing. Because why are you going to a red carpet and shorts and a shirt? Yeah, man. Like basketball shorts. When we all know, like, there hasn't been a single real reason to wear basketball shorts. Literally. I can't. I can't. I can't. Um, but, you know, he is an icon in his own right. I'm just poking fun. Whatever, whatever. Um, so, yeah, that is a pretty normal celebrity. We don't see him really blinged out like that. You know who else is normal? Uh you can guess this one. I talk better all the time. The Cheetah Girls girl? Yes. Oh. <laughs> yes. She's normal. Okay. And let me explain why. Mm. She's one of those celebrities that will literally be willing and open to meeting you. Like, right. so many celebrities, oh, no, don't look at me. Don't look at me. Right, no, right. let me hide my face. Like, <laughs> no, don't look at me. She's not like that. Literally, she has a pop-up shop. She's coming there. We're literally taking bobby pins out of her hair. I touched her hair. <laughs> Corey is not over this, bro. Uh, what's her name again? Adrian Bylone Houghton. Yes, Actually, Adrian. if you want the full name, because she has it on her Instagram, so I don't feel bad saying it. Adrian Eliza Bylone Houghton. There you go. There you go, Adrian. She's so, like, she's so normal and humble. It's ridiculous. Like, she's literally a celebrity. Yeah. And, like... So simple. Literally, she came into this pop-up shop, a bunch of strangers she's never met. Her her mom, her baby just came in there. Like, what? Yo, if you were a celebrity, like, I would be gassed up if I had her resume. Like, if I was on the Cheetah Girls and then LW? I ended up on the, right. Like, dude, I would be, I would be such a diva to this and day. And she's not. Right. That's what I love about her. She's so humble. Comes from very humble beginnings, too. And she said in one interview I watched, she was like, I know. I wish I had someone that I could relate to, someone I could meet when I was younger and growing up. She's Latina, and so she was like, I wish I had that. And now, because she didn't have that, 
she's now that to other people. Right. And she's in her bag. She's in the Michael Kors bag. She's not in a five below bag. Right. She's in a Michael Kors bag. Right. And I'm seeing her again. <laughs> uh, when? March. Well, for she's what? going on a tour. Like, for her pop-up shop. Oh. So she's doing a pop-up shop tour. She's going to a bunch of cities. Is she coming to Philly? Yeah. You know what to do. I know. You know what to do. But it's during winter, spring break. That's the only thing. I said what I said. You want to go? I think, yeah. Like, record her and then... Yes. <laughs> she's normal. Okay. And let me explain why. Mm. She's one of those celebrities that will literally be willing and open to meeting you. Like, right. so many celebrities... Oh, No. Don't look at me. Don't look at me. Right, no, right. Let me hide my face. Like, no, don't look at me. She's not like that. Literally, she has a pop-up shop. She's coming there. We're literally taking bobby pins out of her hair. I touched her hair. <laughs> Corey is not over this, bro. Uh, what's her name again? Adrian Bylone Houghton. Yes, Actually, Adrian. if you want the full name, because she has it on her Instagram, so I don't feel bad saying it. Adrian Eliza by Lone Houghton. There you go. There you go, Adrian. She's so, like, she's so normal and humble. It's ridiculous. Like, she's literally a celebrity. Yeah. And, like, so simple. Literally, she came into this pop-up shop, a bunch of strangers she's never met. Her, her mom, her baby just came in there. Like, what? Yo, if you were a celebrity, like, I would be gassed up if I had her resume. Like, if I was on the Cheetah Girls and the W, I ended up on the, right, like, Dude, I would be I would be such a diva to this. And she's day. not right. That's what I love about her. She's so humble. Comes from very humble beginnings too. And she said in one interview I watched, she was like, "I know. I wish I had someone that I could relate to, someone I could meet when I was younger, growing up." She's Latina, and so she was like, "I wish I had that." And now, because she didn't have that, she's now that to other people. Right. And she's in her bag. She's in the Michael Kors bag. She's not in a five below bag. Right. She's in a Michael Kors bag. Right. And I'm seeing her again. Uh, when? March. Well, for she's what? going on a tour like, like for her s- pop-up shop. Oh. So she's doing a pop-up shop tour. She's going to a bunch of cities. Is she coming to Philly? Yeah. You know what to do. I know. You know what to do. But it's during winter, spring break. That's the only thing. I said what I said. You want to go? I think, yeah, like record her. And then put it, like, air it, if we can. If You want to come? If I'm available that day, yeah. We should go see I Adrian. do. I, like, why not? Why not? Like, No, she's actually the most humble, sweetest person I think I've ever met. That's like, cute. We cried together. Over what? Like, I was, like, really hyping her up because I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, you're such a queen. She said in the reel that Jennifer Lopez is... Like her idol, her star, her everything. I'm like, you're my Jennifer Lopez. <laughs> but I meant it. I truly meant the words that were coming out of <laughs> Like, if she doesn't autograph, like, an article I have of clothing. her autograph. Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> like, on my box. And it says, happy birthday. Oh, my gosh. This, I can't. I can't. I, World's biggest fan right here. I promise you I'm her biggest fan. Probably. because She's on my vision person. board. <laughs> what? What vision? Well, like, what? what's the vision? I really want to work with her. Oh, oh, easy. I can see you doing that. You see her? Oh, yes, 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 I do. I can see you do that. Okay, we got to set this up. We got to set this up. Please, if you know Adrian Eliza by Lone Houghton, <laughs> please help a girl out. Get her on the show. Get her on Wake Up Call. If she comes on Wake Up Call, I would cry. Like, <laughs> I would be on live. Like, guys, no. You're going to have to stay home. All right? No, I'm going to bring Jay in. 
You better not, because I will be here in the seat. Oh my gosh, I can't, I can't. Okay, so yeah, she is. She is a very relatable kind of celebrity. You know, I I forgot what we were talking. about. I know she got carried away. (laughs) She got carried away. We really do need to at least try to get her on the show. I've tried, but we'll talk about. We'll try it again. We'll keep trying. We'll keep trying for real. Um, but. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those are some relatable celebrities. We got, you know, laughing so hard. You know, Adrian Bailone, uh, Zendaya, Adam Sandler, uh, The Rock, uh, <laughs> The Rock, The Rock. He used Lover. to be my lock screen. <laughs> Why? I thought he was so beautiful. He is. He is. That's the funny part. He doesn't get enough credit. Like he's a gorgeous man. Yes, he was on like Sexiest Man Live, Hottest Man Live. Really? Was he? He was on the cover because they had uh, one of the Kelsey brothers on that. This the year, wrong Kelsey. Yeah, the the very. <laughs> Anyway, he's 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 point. an Eagles player. We gotta respect it. We gotta respect oh, it. Yeah, I was it. joking. He's the perfect. Yeah, he's gorgeous. He's Love him. so fine. <laughs> Beautiful man. <laughs> <laughs> okay, guys. So, um, for next, uh, like just next in entertainment happenings, I guess. Um, let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Um, Sydney Sweeney actually partnered with Ford Mustang, um, and she custom designed her own car. Right. Um, and uh, honestly, like, <laughs> I I wanted to chat about this real quick because, you know, she actually came from a family of mechanics. <laughs> like, girl. So this is part of a whole campaign for Mustang to kind of, like, break out of the stereotypes and really push things forward. Right. Sydney Sweeney, she's very cutesy. And ironically, she gets typecasted all the time to do these really polished roles. Um, And she has done more gritty roles, but she's usually the cutesy girl in it. Um, But that girl got chops. Like, she's an actress, okay? So her partnering up with Ford Mustang for this is actually, like, a a huge move in her part to show showcase her other um, aspects of her life, which is really cool. I like her a lot. Have you seen Euphoria? Nope. Nope. Well, one day you're going to catch nope. up. Nope. We're going to catch you up. Nope. Um, Sydney Sweeney, she's a great. And we'll Ford Mustang, shout out to you guys. I love um, Mustangs. That's my favorite car. Really? Um. Yeah. What like, color would you get? Gorgeous. I see. So I'm weird. I don't want to get a crazy color because I don't want to get stalked. Like that's, that's a genuine fair. concern. But if I were to go crazy, I'd get an emerald green or a mustard yellow. Emerald green. I know, right? Mustard yellow. Or both. Mix the colors. Yes. Oh, how about like an emerald green with the mustard yellow stripe? Or mustard yellow on the inside, emerald green on the outside. You lost me. Because <laughs> what? What color would you get? I wouldn't get a Mustang. But I would get a black one. If I was to get one, I would be black with white interior. Oh, that's cute. That's slick. I like that. Yeah, very sleek. That's the color car I want in general. Okay. Or black on black on black. Okay, so guys, we're manifesting it, okay? We we're manifesting it. Yes. Um, but yeah, guys, that's it for uh, entertainment happenings, okay? Um, we're definitely going to come up with just a lot of explosive stuff um, for the right. next few days. So keep, keep an eye out for our entertainment stuff, all right? Uh, so after this break, we are going to interview a very dear friend of mine, yes. okay? And um, a New York native who is going to talk about his experience in New York for um, Rep Your City Week. Yes, and then we're also going to be doing riddles. Instead of campus conversations today, we're going to have some riddles. We'll be answering, but we also want you guys to answer. So get ready because at 10.35, folks, we're going to be having some call-ins. Our number is posted on our Instagram, which is at wakeupcall.whip, or I'll say the number here. So get your paper, get your phone, and write this number down, 215-204-9447. To repeat for the people in the back, 215 204 
888-900-9447. And like Rachel said, folks, we'll be right back after this musical break. And then we'll have an interview with the one and only Isaiah. Hello, hello, guys, and welcome back to Wake Up Call at WHIP Radio, Temple University's greatest radio station. Um, We are here, guys. I am so excited, and here's why, okay? I have known this person since 2012, 2013, like literally the beginning of time, like ancient times, okay? Um, And this person has done such amazing things, um, not just... And in his community, not just in his life, but honestly, in the world. Okay, like this person is an icon, um, an inspiration to many, both his age, older and younger, I think. So let me just, okay, we're just going to get into it. I'm so excited. All right. So this person is a Brooklyn based activist, scholar, educator and multidisciplinary artist. We know that. We know that. All right. His work focuses on black uh, geographies centered on issues of black placemaking, environmental justice, black culture and identity. Isaiah. Isaiah has spent most of his time educating young black scholars in Canarsie. And on top of that, he's currently working as the director of education initiatives for the Brooklyn Combine, a nonprofit that works with schools and community organizations to help provide critical education, leadership and social support programs to youth and young adults in low-income and underserved communities. When he's not doing education work, he's eating and cooking. But he doesn't just cook for himself, he cooks for others as well. So guys, let us welcome Isaiah Emmanuel Blake. Hello, hello. (laughs) Wow, wow, (laughs) wow. It's not even 20, it's not even 2012. It's like, 2010 2011 it's It's, been a long time bro it's been a minute bro it's been a minute wait so you guys just connected for him to be on the show no we're in a group chat that like none of us hilarious touch so it's (laughs) very dead (laughs) right it's okay but we're happy to have you on the show isaiah rachel said so many wonderful things about you so i'm excited to learn more yes let's do it let's do it yes okay so isaiah we're gonna start with like the basic questions all of our interviews start with um our morning routines. This is wake up call after right. all. Okay. So what is your wake up routine? What is your morning routine? Okay. I actually have one. If you asked me like six months ago, I'd have been like, I just wake up angry. Uh, so, <laughs> That's so but good. right now when I wake up, um, I close my, I wake up and then I close my eyes and I do gratitude statements. So I'm like, thank you for, you know, Thank God for like waking me up, for getting me here. Um, I thank my ancestors, you know, because they ate that, you know. Um, <laughs> they did. So I do like my, my gratitude prayers and I pray for protection because um, that's important because people be out here trying to, pew, you know, pew, pew. get at me. Pew, right. pew, pew. Um, so I do that. And then um, I just like take a couple of deep breaths because I'm trying not to look at my phone as the first thing. That's my new like New Year's resolution moment is like, don't look at the phone because I've got I've looked at my phone at the top of the morning and I'm just like, oh, brother. So I, that's what I do. I do like my little morning reflection. I say my gratitude statements and then sometimes I'll fall back to sleep or I'll get up. <laughs> OK, that's that. that's a pretty solid routine. Um, I And I, I heard a lot of at least a lot of professionals that I've worked with. They say that they try to start it that same way. Pretty much um, keep the phone away, either read a book or, you know, do a stretch, do a workout. You know, that's really cool. All right. So would you consider yourself an early bird or a night owl? Definitely a night owl. 
I enjoy being productive in the morning. I just don't enjoy waking up. <laughs> um, I feel you. That's the hardest part. <laughs> the hardest part. Uh, but I, but me staying up late in the night, watching movies, reading things, doing things, that it comes easy to me. But I just know that like the world is not, my world right now is not operating on my clock. So I have to be earlier. Do you find that you're more creative at night? Yes. Yeah. 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 Like that's a com- why is that? Why is our generation just night owls? I've met very few morning people. Yeah. I think morning people are weird a little bit. But they get so much done. Remember that Steve Harvey clip? He was like, I have to wake up early because people on the East Coast have already started their day. Yada, yada, yada. Oh, okay. That's cute. That's a cute thing to live by. That's cute. Right? I'm not doing it, but, you know. You- Please. <laughs> right? Okay, so Isaiah. This is Rep Your City Week. Okay. Okay. Right. right? Okay. So where did you grow up? I'm from Brooklyn. Okay. Okay. From Brooklyn, okay. Brooklyn represent. <laughs> from Brooklyn, New York. Uh, so I'm here in New York City, but you know, here in the city, we don't just represent the city unless we're outside of the city. We represent the borough right. in Brooklyn. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. So how did New York or, you know, more specifically Brooklyn shape your approach to creativity, social justice, and even food? Like just go down the list. Yeah. I mean, Brooklyn, Brooklyn is so crazy. It's it's changing. You know, I, I kind of get uncomfortable with like the different meanings that Brooklyn has for different people, but you can't control that because that's the, the nature of New York, all these new people. You know, that's what I mean. At one point, my family was new to New York City. But it does get a little weird the way that in the past, like, five, ten years, even 15 years, people were like, oh, Brooklyn's so hipster. And I'm like, that's not how I know Brooklyn. Um, Brooklyn, to me, is about style. Brooklyn is about culture. You know, where else, I mean, besides Queens, where else in the world are you going to go and find a place where you could, like, access so many different cultures, so many different languages? Um, You know, people come here from so many other places and... You know, I'm like, let's go try Trinidadian food. You've never like, I, it's it's something that's easy to come for me, but like for someone who doesn't live in New York, to have Trinidadian food is like, what are you even talking about? This small little island in the middle of the Caribbean. But for us, it's like, what? That's the middle of that you get that in Crown Heights, right? So, um, for my food, for example, I mean, my family is Haitian and Panamanian. I wouldn't have been even been able to be Haitian and Panamanian if it wasn't for Flatbush, right? And in fact, that comes up in some of my research and my work is that like the way that, you know, blocks were created, the way that migration patterns happen, right? The way that Brooklyn, you know, existed when my parents were growing up allowed for that level of intimacy that literally birthed me, right? And the fact that they were able to connect with one another, that these small silos of immigrant communities existed on city blocks in places like Flatbush, Brooklyn, was able to create these cross-cultural connections, which is why my friends from other places be so weak that, you know, you have a person who's, oh, you guys, you, you guys in New York is always mixed with something. How are you Haitian and Jamaican? I never heard of a Jamaican Indian. You know, like, <laughs> I never heard of a Bangladeshi, you know, Trinidadian. Like, we just be coming out with the mixes here in the city. But that's so, so endemic to who we are uh, because of, because of the city. Right? And wow. that's what makes it so beautiful. I'm so obsessed with New York, yo. Would you say that you can relate with what he's saying, considering you're also from Brooklyn? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. It's a melting pot for sure. Like, that's just to put it simply. You know what I mean? It's a melting pot. It's where people go. It's where immigrants go. It's known as kind of like the American dream for many, many people. Um, And, you know, Isaiah is the result of that. So, Isaiah, how has that um, impacted your, 
your creativity or your approach to social justice? How how has that impacted you personally? Well, I mean, it, like, I think a good way to look about it, look at it is with like the new migrant, you know, concerns that people are having here in the city. So as a part of my work with the Brooklyn Combine, they we did some and we've been doing some programming, some mutual aid work for, for new migrants that are coming. And it's so interesting, right, when you talk about a place like the city, you know, as Haitians, you know, we're like, we we think we're, you know, we the immigrants, we, you know, we're the different people. But now we've spent so much time here as, you know, as a part of the city, sure that there are new Haitian migrants coming every single day. But now you have this whole group of, of West African folks from places like Mali and Senegal who are populating the streets of, of Brooklyn, right? They're in Fort Greene, they're in, you know, Crown Heights, they're all over. And, you know, it's this whole new migrant group which in some ways we're connected to because we're both black, but there's something totally different. They're speaking totally different languages, speaking totally different, you know, they're coming from totally different cultures. And so, you know, when you talk about social justice work, it really kind of shapes, you know, like my own personal experience as a Brooklyn Haitian, you know, and how I understand myself and I understand the world. It sometimes it makes you feel a little like, oh, wow, I'm not the new person on the block anymore. But also it's really quite beautiful to be in the process of welcoming a new group of people to do that cross-cultural exchange. Like I'm really now low-key interested. Like I used to hate French. Like, I, you know, I'm Haitian. Like I don't care about no French. I want a Creole, Creole, right? <laughs> but now I'm like looking at it that French might be an opportunity for me to connect with all these West African people, right? Um, or maybe even learning their languages, like Wolof or Fulani, you know, and there's this beautiful connection. So that, that's how I think about it. It's just like my culture, who I am as, as a Haitian person, you know, and as a Brooklyn Haitian person kind of lends me and in, 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 in it changes the way I think about inviting new migrants, which is a big part of, you know, social justice work here in the city now. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, I definitely hear you there. Um, that exposure makes you more inclined to uh, be okay with the newness, the newness that comes with uh, new migrants, right? A lot of people, like Corey and I were talking about earlier on the show, a lot of people are afraid of the things they don't know. Right. So mm -hmm. the first reaction is to be like, ah, all these people are taking my jobs, taking my space. Ah, but right, right. when you're already in a city that's all the space is taken up, okay? Like, all the jobs are already taken up. That's not a problem, okay? It's an opportunity. That's really cool. Very cool. So give me, like, a fond memory of growing up in New York City, okay? Maybe a food spot or a dish or something that you've done, right? Just give me one of your fondest memories. And because I'm on your show, mm, yeah, right. I'm going to include you in this story. Thank you. When we were in middle school. Oh, middle school. We were the hungriest, <laughs> greediest people in all of New York. I, I bet you not. And we were the brokest people in New York. In fact, the way that Rachel and I's relationship and our friend group relationship really crystallizes is because our broke behinds would leave middle school hungry. And we would we we're in we went to middle school in Park Slope. So we all came from different neighborhoods, Flatbush, Canarsie, East New York, but we were going to school in Park Slope. And Park Slope at the time we were in middle school was experiencing a very sharp transition, but was really in the midst of it and really in the peak of it, of gentrification, right? I mean, it had long changed, but like it was really strange for us because we were all low-income, middle-income kids coming from these low-income neighborhoods. 
but entering into one of the wealthiest neighborhoods in the city and in Brooklyn. And so the disparity really hit us when we would leave school. We in school, we're all the same. But when we leave school, we're in the widest neighborhood. So for some reason, as like a point, like a, we were rebellious, we were just crazy, we were being kids, we would run through Fifth Avenue right, uh, which is uh, the avenue that runs in Park Slope, and it's all these, like, she-she spots. There was one spot we call it was called the Chocolate Room, <laughs> and because we were so broke, what we would do is we would go and get free samples from all these expensive Please. places. The Chocolate Room, the this nasty vegan spot. Pure Bird. We to- <laughs> Pure Bird. Oh, my God. Brooklyn Provisions. <laughs> we were going to all these spots and be like, you know, actually, we would go then, Act like we're about to buy something, get to the register and be like, what what do y'all have there? <laughs> and then they would have like these little the chocolate room, for example, had these little double, triple chocolate brownies. They were so crazy. good. <laughs> and we would come and clean them one <laughs> after one, clean them out of, of of their of their brownies. I mean, we went to there was the Brooklyn Provision had a spicy tomato soup. We thought we were so Ooh. cultured. The spicy tomato soup was so good. It's so funny because I remember when I finally had the money to buy the spicy tomato soup, it wasn't as good as the sip they gave you in the free sample. Oh my God, all of us, Rachel, I, our friend Chanel, our little sisters, Lola and Sasha, we would be running through these spots broke. Back then, we had one spot that had bacon, egg and cheese for $1.50 on Fifth Avenue, right around the corner. Yes. We used to come there, we would rip it in half. Bagel, cream cheese, and bacon. We were the worst. We would spread it in half. We would be greedy. We would owe each other. Like, no, you owe me. I gave you a piece of that. We were always in debt. It was insane. Always sweaty. Um, always thick. Always sweaty. Like, crusty we were... fingers. <laughs> crusty lips. The whole nine. The whole nine. But that's the real Brooklyn experience, I think. You know what I mean? And you said we, were, we thought we were cultured. Honestly, Isaiah, we were, right? Because we weren't just stuck in these small Caribbean circles. We also found ourselves in white spaces that we probably wouldn't have been if we stuck to our zone schools. But, at least yeah. in my case, in Chanel's case, we lied to get to, to, to Park Slope. You did, too. Okay? We had to. Yeah. <laughs> right. So funny um i'd say yeah back to you bro back to you so what ways do you hope to because now now we're going to touch on your work okay um what ways do you hope to continue just evolving and and pushing boundaries in your work and and the communities that you're part of like what are your uh next goals yeah so right now the current work that i'm working on that i'm very very excited about you know why my computers dinging off um, is because and we're currently working with the Brooklyn Combine. And we have a bunch of different initiatives. So we're running two after school programs. Um, one is a STEAM STEM program where we're teaching kids um, how to get and learn AI, right? Prompt engineering, the ins and outs. So the Brooklyn Combine has, has developed our own AI. We call it Zora GPT. And it's because you know, when they were initially talking with ChatGPT, ChatGPT was what they call hallucinating when it was asking questions about Black culture. So the Brooklyn Combine was like, what if we created an AI, you know, named Zora that was a little bit more, you know, in the know when it came to Black culture. And then we're now teaching that to some of our to some of our young folks um, in this new program that's in collaboration with Snipes here in East New York. It's actually right around the corner from my house. So that's the one program. We have another program called um, Today's Mathematics, which is trying to get young Black and Brown kids to be more comfortable about math and how they see math in their everyday. 
And then the last but not least, we've been in development for a really long time. Um, we're working on this um, debate club, if you will, a speech and debate class. Um, we're, we're teaching it actually out of Crossroads, which is uh, a juvenile detention center in Brownsville. Um, and so all of our students are incarcerated. And this week, we'll actually we we spent the last you know four weeks doing our introductions to the young folks in the in the in the facility. And then this week, we're actually you know this this Saturday, we're going to start our instruction, which is really just to, you know trying to find ways to teach rhetoric, teach research, but really giving folks, giving young folks an opportunity to learn how to craft arguments, how to defend themselves, um, you know, because particularly all young Black kids, but particularly these folks are constantly bombarded with a lot of information about who they are, about, you know, their cases, about their lives, uh, and having the ability to sort of have a bit of more stake in how you defend yourself and how you control yourself, or even how you understand what's going around on around you, we think is an important skill. So we're teaching that. So right now, that is the thing that I'm most excited about that I'm doing. In the future, you know, I'm looking towards applying to grad school to get um, my my grad degrees. Okay. Um, yes. Yes. I just got out of some interviews. I'm having some upcoming interviews soon. And that work is more connected to my, like, you know, my research work, which is about climate change. Um, and essentially in the future, I'm interested in in basically thinking about how to prepare Black and Brown communities for natural disasters. Um, so that's where that Black geography stuff comes in. Um, I'm trying to create some climate change work because I feel like sometimes when people are talking about climate change, um, they kind of leave us to the back. But then when the climate disasters happen, we're the ones who get hit with it most. Think Hurricane Katrina, right? And so at the end of the day, I personally believe that like if Black communities are more prepared, we'll be better left off than if we weren't prepared. So my work and research in the future is interested in kind of building that. And that's my contribution, I think. That's awesome. Ooh. Have you always wanted to do this or is this just like through working with the Brooklyn Combine? Okay, wait, I think I could really be useful when it comes to just geographic situations. Um. Well, more so, I, um, I... And when I was in high school, I started working in central Brooklyn in um, this community garden, community food project called the Hattie Carson Food Projects, Food Justice Projects. And while I was there, I began to learn about food justice, community food access, food apartheid, all these major issues that are now becoming talked about very often in our communities. And so there, the director, Farmer Jan, really introduced me to ways of thinking about food and our community and how food connects to our culture, food connects to climate change. I mean, everything was food. And Rachel already knows, and I was already shared earlier, I was all up in food, you know? And so now this was giving me a whole new way of thinking about food can connect to justice. Well, let me get into that. Um, and so that I, um, I, I went from there and then I went to college and I was saying, wait, I can take food, climate change, you know, environmental justice, you know, this whole thing that I was learning in the garden and bring it into my studies. And that's what turned into Black geographies for me, which was kind of coalescing or combining all of those things together. So I had began for a very long time, next year will make 10 years since I started with the Heidi wow. Carthen, um, developing a relationship and a commitment to food justice in that particular way. And now it's since developed to say, okay, how do we enact these things? How do we prepare ourselves? Because these disasters are happening. I mean, here in New York, here in Brooklyn, we're seeing like rainstorms, you know, that like are flooding, you know, where we went to middle school, Rachel, like, you know, the, the streets in, in Gowanus and Park Slope, there was water like, 
<laughs> 10 cars flooded on a random day, you know? So these storms are coming. And it's not because of like coastal flooding, which is when you have flooding happening on the coast. That's what happened when we were, you know, leaving middle school into high school and um, Hurricane uh, uh, Sandy happened. And, and that was coastal flooding. What we actually are dealing with more often and more frequently we have to be aware of in our city is kind of inland flooding. New York City is built on a bunch of like natural springs. Um, and because we've paved over all of those natural springs, you know, anytime it rains, our sewage system, our train system gets inundated with water and has not been able to really move that water, right? We are a city of many waters, if you will. And we have not prepared ourselves to deal with said water. So that on top of all the stuff with food justice and climate change, I'm like, we need to get ready. If we don't get ready, we're not going to be ready. So we need to stay ready. <laughs> and yeah. that's where I think, you know, I'm yeah. I'm invested in right now where I want to go. That's so deep. I didn't know this. Like so many things you just said I didn't know. Right. So I'm learning so much through you, Isaiah. So thank you for that. Yeah, seriously, seriously. Um, and I love how you were able to combine all of your passions, right? Right. And I think that's very inspirational, especially for the, a lot of the students that are listening, um, because a lot of people don't know what they want to do yet. Right. Right. Take your passions and really hone into them. What can you do with that to either advance yourself, your community, your family, whatever that may be? So very cool, Isaiah. Very cool. But no, but like on that point, like how what advice would you give to someone that's trying to figure out what they want to do? They have all of these passions, but they don't know how to actually put them all together. Because like Rachel said, you combine food, your love for your city and your love for black people and your love for the environment and have made it into one job. And you're now currently doing that and so much more. So for people that are maybe juggling so many passions, what advice would you give to them if they want to figure out how to do what you did and combine them all and do something great? Yeah. You know, and it's not easy. And it's something that I continue to come back to every single day. The first thing is the reflection that like a bunch of elders and a bunch of older people have told me and I've sat with and continue to sit with every single day. We live long lives, right? Um, so Rachel knows that when we were young, you know, we were in theater, musical theater, right? We were singing, dancing, acting, all of that. And those skills come up every single day, but for a, for a certain point in time, particularly that point in time, we were all ready and wanting to be performers. We were performing, right? right? Um, and, you know, I'm I'm a singer. Like, I'm an actor. I, I, we did all these things, and I have all these skills. But am I doing that right now? Not really. I have done it for a while. I did it really well. But also, will I never do it ever again? Absolutely not. Who knows that in 10 years, it's time to drop that album. You know, who knows? What I'm saying is, is that we definitely sometimes, I think the first piece of advice that I was given and that I take in stride every single day is that, like, you can be multifaceted in who you are and how you show up. Um, and then there's also, there's time for those things to show up. Right. I think the second thing is, um, is an advice that I get from my mom, which just says, go narrow and deep. We're in a world right now where we're over concentrated with everybody's talented. Everybody's beautiful. Everybody's this, everybody's that. And so for me, I'm always grounded in like, who are you? Beginning to be really clear, continue to meditate on the things that you want, the things that you're committed to, the things that you desire, right? Um, and, and all the parts of who you are and ask yourself, how can that show up in what you do, right? Um, and so those things aren't easy, uh, particularly existing, you know, within like, you know, this, this within capitalism, right? Sometimes we get exhausted. I'm not going to be like, be like Beyonce, you, you know, you work super hard. No, like, you know, some of these things take a lot of money and access. But I think, you know, it's important for me that I stayed true to being grounded 
Like, I, you know, I've always loved Black people. I cannot leave that behind. Take that with you, right? I think the last bit of information um, and the last piece of advice that I can give to a young person is to try. For example, I taught for two years in the schools, right? Um, and I thought that that, and it was, and I'll never regret it, was a valuable experience. I loved teaching my kids. I loved having the the practice of being day in and day out doing that work. I built the stamina to do it. I wasn't the greatest. I was a great teacher, but I was late some days. And sometimes my deliverables wasn't on time. You know, I, was, you know, I wasn't like the perfect Mrs. Apple. But um, that experience, for example, right now, I could never have been in the position right now of director of education initiatives with the Brooklyn Combine had I not had that experience. Period. Through the bad, you have to go through the things. You have to learn what you don't like. You know, working provides you that opportunity to say, oh, I like this part. I don't like this part, right? I love creating curriculum. I love, you know, teaching the curriculum, executing the curriculum. Do I like the bureaucracy of the school building? Uh, not so much. Do I, you know, so you begin to learn those things, small and large, by actually doing the work. So don't be scared of the work and don't be scared to be diligent in the work. Though there might be so many people around you who might feel like they're doing a lot of things, what I think our time really is lacking right now is diligence, right? Stay on top of yourself. Stay stay disciplined in it. Um, and then and, and it'll pay off. That's great. That was great. Yeah, that's that was great good. Advice. That was very good. So y'all heard it straight from Isaiah, Isaiah, y'all. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So Isaiah, we are um, done for time. I have so, so many questions, but bro, we can catch up at a different time. Okay. Um, maybe we'll get you back on the show. Who knows? Yes, Who knows? Please. Right. For a different theme. Um, but Isaiah, thank you so much for coming on air, especially last minute um, and, and being such a good sport. Okay. I love and miss you. And um, that's a wrap on that. Where can people find you? Oh, um, right now, the best place to find me is on Instagram. Um, my Instagram is Isaiah.Iman.Blake. Um, I-M-A-N, because that's my middle name, Iman Webb. Um, and in my website, is, I'm working on it. I'm fixing it. It's 566.com, which is my food brand. We'll talk about that maybe at the next time about what I'm doing around food. Uh, but yeah, those two places are the best way to find me is Instagram, where I post my funny memes and my life updates right. <laughs> and my website. 566.com. Yeah, 566. Shout out. Shout out Glizzy Fest. Shout out all of that. Okay. Shout out. <laughs> shout out. Shout out. All right, guys. We so gotta come back for, we had to come back to talk about Glizzy Fest. No, nah, facts. For real. <laughs> for real. Um, but guys, we're gonna put all of that on our Instagram, wake up call that WHIP. Um, but guys, that's the end for this interview portion. Again, Isaiah, thank you so much. And yes. we will be back um with some trivia, with some riddles and all that good stuff. And um, yeah, we'll see you guys <laughs> in a few. So enjoy these tunes. Right. All right? right. Yes, yes. <laughs> Guys, and we're back, we're back, we're back. I'm super excited for this. We, oh no, can you hear us? There we go. We are here back in the studio. It's time to answer some riddles, y'all. I'm super, super excited for this segment. We have some riddles to answer, but not only that, we're going to have you guys answer these for us. We also have some trivia questions, too. We're super excited. So, Rachel, are you ready? I'm, I was born ready. You were born ready, so let's get our first caller on the line. By the way, guys, the first riddle that we're asking today, right here in the stew, guys, I'm, I'm so excited for this, is the more you take, the more you leave behind. What am I? We're going to get our first caller on to answer this question. Hello, hello. Caller number one. Hello. I heard something, too. That's the funny part. 
Hello, caller number one. <laughs> okay, all right. You you want to try to answer that, Corey? No, you have to answer it. <laughs> okay, so what's the riddle? The riddle is, the more you take, the more you leave behind. What am I? The more you take, the more you leave behind. Right. Oh, goodness. I'm about to have a stroke trying to figure this out. The more... You know, we're going to put this on our Instagram as well. Yeah. <laughs> Wake up call that WHIP. Um, you guys can solve the. Oh, oh let's oh, see. We got a call on the wake up line. Hello, caller one. Can you hear us? I hear noise. I do hear noise. Caller number one. Hello. Hello. Caller number one. The more you take, the more you leave behind. What in the world? What might that be? You take. And you leave it. You take, you take it and leave it. <laughs> I'm like, I'm trying. Oh. You're not doing very well. Stuff. Did you cheat? Yes, I did cheat. Rachel, you're lame. I- <laughs> Footsteps. You take a step and then you leave it behind. Wow. Rachel, you're so lame. Listen. <laughs> you're so lame. Listen, riddles aren't my thing. Um, they're still it's something that I just don't do. But uh, <laughs> You're so lame, Rachel. All right, so what's the next one then? Okay, the next riddle is David's father has three sons, Snap, Crackle, and Pop. What? Is that it? Is that the, is that the whole riddle? Yeah, that's it. That's it? Is the answer Pop? Snap, no. Crackle? That's not it. Um, Snap, Crackle. He has three sons. Snap, Crackle. He has three of them. I have to guess the third son's name. Yes. And it's not Pop. It's not Pop. Can you give me a hint? I said the name. And? He has three sons. Yeah. David's father has three sons. Oh, David. Yeah, come on, Rachel. <laughs> I thought David was the father. <laughs> David's father. Oh, okay. That's light. Next. On to the next. Okay. Ready? Yeah. What is more useful when it is broken? I hate riddles I learned today. I, I'm, I was today years old when I figured out riddles are not my thing. So repeat that, Corey. What is more useful when it is broken? Eggs. Eggs. You cheated. No, I didn't. Yes, you did. No, I swear to God. Hey, look, check my laptop. But you can see my iPad. I can't. I can't even read from here. I have bad eyesight. Eggs. I knew it. I'm good. I got it, right? I got it. Yeah, run me my money. Run me my money. Okay. 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 (laughs) A fish costs the most. Which fish costs the most? Oh, we have a caller. We're getting more calls. Okay, we're getting more calls, but guys, we're having like some technical issues. <laughs> so I'm um, trying to figure out this phone is a hassle and a half right now. But um, guys, the question is, Corey, can you repeat that one last time? Can our caller hear us? <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're struggling with that one. Um, but uh, what is the most expensive fish? I think our phone's broken. <laughs> yeah, it must be. Must be. Guys, I I'm think so- the phone is so broken. <laughs> what? The wake-up line is um, 
out of commission as of today. We're going to figure this out because um, we'd love to have callers on the show. And our callers are so excited to get involved, but we, we don't know how to work this phone. Like, we are not um, technologically advanced at all. Um, but what is the most expensive fish? This is hard. I'm like drawing a blank. I don't know. What, what? Well, I know the answer. Yeah, you do. I wish I could ask you so I'm not put on the spot. I can't. I can't think of it. I can't think of it. What's the answer? The answer is goldfish. I'm leaving. Yeah, you should have known. I'm leaving this week. Yeah, I'm out. Respectfully. <laughs> Come on, Rachel. Do better, man. <laughs> you were gonna guess that? Yes, I would. You would have said you goldfish. Ask me riddle? Yes. No, you read this whole I article. I read them all. Okay, let me scroll all the way to the bottom then. I'm so sad her phone is not working. Okay, so here's a riddle, and this is the last riddle before we go. Yeah, we're gonna have to fix that phone. Yeah, because what? Okay, so poor people have it. Rich people need it. If you eat it, you die. What is it? Poor people have it. Rich people need it. Mm-hmm. But if you eat it, you also die. <laughs> I feel like this is a disrespectful question. You said rich people need it, but poor people have it. Mm-hmm. And you die if you eat it. <laughs> Are you um, humbleness? Humble. They need humble. They need to be humble. No, no. I, I understand your thought process. That was a really good answer. Yeah, I do get your it thought process. It wasn't funny, but like poor people are hum- very humble. Yeah. Rich people aren't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not yeah. A lot of and then you can't eat humble because then you die. Yeah, yeah, that makes right. sense. That makes sense. But no, you are wrong. Corey okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me think. Poor people have it. Rich people need it. If you eat it, you die. Barefoot? Hmm? Barefootness, like bare, like having no shoes. Yeah, nah, that's not the answer, buddy. You get one last one. What does it start with? Give me a hint now. It starts with an N. Nothing. Yes. So poor people have nothing. Rich people need nothing. This was a bad riddle, actually. Yeah, I was about to if say. You that it, no you <laughs> if you eat it, you die. If you eat nothing, you die. If I yeah. eat nothing. Oh, right. Exactly. Right. I know. I know. That's the whole point of a riddle is to trip you up, which is why I'm not a fan. Let's do trivia next time. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Like simple stuff like, oh, what's the official bird of New York City? Do you know that one? Yeah, it is. (sighs) (laughs) Uh, A pigeon. A pigeon. Yeah, I saw your answer. Yeah, I never knew that, actually. I learned that. You're really disappointing me as a native New Yorker today. Okay, I got to go back. Okay, I got to go back. Yeah, Rachel, (laughs) let's do better, man. Right. But, guys, that wraps up the show for today. Um, I'm so sorry to our callers that we couldn't get to you. It's really unfortunate. We've been trying to figure out this phone situation for a full semester now. Um, But soon we're going to get it up and running, and we're going to have callers on the show. Okay, that's the plan. All right. Um, We're going to be doing trivia and riddles and all that cute stuff to really get our listeners involved. But, Corey, do you have any last words before we wrap up today? Don't forget to tune in tomorrow bright and early at 9 a.m. for a new show of your wake-up call with your wake-up crew. But it's going to be Randy and Jay tomorrow and then Randy and Rachel on Friday. And I know. Yeah. I forgot Corey is absent on Friday this week. Okay, okay. So, yeah, Randy. you guys. Yeah, right. Oh, okay. Y'all are going to kill it. I know it. But tomorrow we also have an interview with his Instagram I don't know how to, I don't really know his name solely because his name and Instagram are different. 
Okay, so guys, if you want to know who we're interviewing tomorrow, visit our Instagram, wakeupcall.whip, okay? Right. And don't forget to listen to all past episodes on Apple Podcasts or Spotify just to stay up to date with everything we've talked about on the show. But today was a great show. I really had fun. Any last words? Yeah, that's all. Be sure to follow us. We're on iHeartRadio, Apple uh, Podcasts, uh, Spotify Podcasts, and all that good stuff. So, Right. We're out, (laughs) y'all. 